We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike, and we're recording the evening of Media Day. We each had different perspectives on it. We're going to get into all our different angles on that. But one of the things we're talking about just before we hit record here was it was a subdued Media Day. I think this was my fifth media day either as a media member or with the team and of all of them that was even in the room mike it was something that was noticeable i was like wow this i mean everything flowed along nicely right and there wasn't anything no one said anything too terribly crazy but it was just a little bit less of a first day of school feeling than it had felt on the other four years did you pick up on on that as well and just give me your overall thoughts of the day totally picked up on that i think it's my 17th or 18th. Oh, you date yourself, my friend. Wow. If I'm including, I mean, my first media day, I was like 23 or something like that. So, or 24 with the Timberwolves. But yes, with the Lakers, it's been, it's been since 2008. And subdued is a good word for it, Pete. I think that I'm curious to see sort of Darius's perspective from not having been there, but having consumed a lot of the the video and the audio and the stories because there weren't really many headlines out of the day, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like nobody said anything we didn't expect. Nobody, there wasn't something that we haven't discussed on the pod all summer, right? About rotations or who's in shape or all of that stuff, other than a couple of injury updates, and all of them were minor, right? So. I have a theory as to why it was a little bit more like that, but I really do want to mm-hmm. kick it to Darius for this because I think that like when you're there, Pete, it's sometimes you're so close to it, right? That it's hard to take the 100%. bigger picture out of it. So I want to kick it to Darius without further ado. And we're working, right? Like I'm editing, you know, a, a clip for social and like it, it, it's sometimes I've noticed this when going to a game or in a situation like that, it's actually harder to know what happened like right in front of you because you're kind of got to be zoomed in to your, your own little world. You had a, a more uh, 5,000 v- foot view on it, D. What did you see from today? 
I saw what you guys saw being very close up. So, yeah. and there's the podcast, right, guys? We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that'll, that'll <laughs> do it for this one. No. Next time on the Lakers Film right. Podcast. Yeah. Um, no, so I will say it's just like I have been consuming media day content some from across the league, right? And and like there were um, several sort of important media days over the last couple of days the warriors had theirs and their return like defending champions and and like um them sort of like trying to reestablish themselves as what they were going to be the celtics had theirs today or yesterday as well and so there were a lot of quotes coming out of there with the imidoka stuff um and the Suns had theirs, and, and there's a lot of reporting around the experience of being at Suns Media Day today, which f- came off as very dour and and just like a cloud hanging over that franchise. And Brooklyn had theirs, so lots of KD and Kyrie stuff, and then the Lakers had theirs. And all of these teams in their own way are sort of dealing with stuff. I think it was Bill Plaschke, Mike. He came right out and asked. Russell Westbrook and Russ did on the record discussions with Woj that got posted to ESPN. So he's got direct quotes with Woj. And and so there was a lot of like, I'm all in with the team. And Plasky used that same language right back at Russ. Like, you're saying you're all in with the Lakers, but are the Lakers all in with you? And Russ answered that, I think, as diplomatically as, as he could and offered his own sort of Russell Westbrook flair which is sort of like I don't give a damn sort of idea a little bit right like like everyone has their own work experiences and some of y'all aren't liked at your job I'm sure and a lot of stuff right which is typical Russ and in its own way made me smile and chuckle in the way that that Russ can when he sort of turns it on and gets adversarial at times in ways where you're just like oh I I can appreciate that at times because a I'm not on the receiving end of that and b I am at the 5,000 foot view and I can feel however I want to feel that said the idea of the Lakers having their own drama and them and this is an idea that I'll kick back to you, Pete, is very early in the offseason, there were discussions about like none of us expected the version of the team like six weeks ago to be the version of the team that is coming in to train training is. camp. That's yes. what it is. And, right. And so like they added Dennis Schroeder. OK. Right. Mm-hmm. That's one change from where it was six, six weeks ago. And and Pat Bev, the Pat Bev trade happened, too. But those weren't the level of deal in which I think anyone was really anticipating. And the reason why I brought up Plaschke is because it was that idea of I don't think anyone expected Russell Westbrook to be wearing a Lakers U uniform on on media day. Yet here he is. And whether that is causing some of that subdued feeling that you that you're mentioning. I have no no clue. I'm not going to play armchair psychologist with with any of these these guys. But I think there's an impression that maybe this team, this version of the team isn't the version of the team that maybe a lot of people even within the team expected to be the team that is being presented as, hey, these are your 2022-23 Los Angeles Lakers. And how that's impacting things, I don't know, but I would guess that it has some impact on what we saw today in terms of the general tenor and tone. Of course it does. I mean, a good portion of the questions were about that. And those aren't, uh, there's so much, last season was a season that you keep the stink on you until you play it off, right? Meaning that 
about half of the questions were tied to last season. Like last season sucked ABC, yeah. right? And so yep. that's not going to have it, even if you're in a perfectly fine mood, right? That's not going to have some sort of like, all right, let's go get them. Let's go do it. You know, and then there's the reality of the situation of, that you just described that he was very openly on the trade block and he, he, him, he and his agent split ways over the course of this offseason. And that said, the the Lakers have decided to not pull the trigger on any of the trades that had been presented over the course of the summer. We've discussed a lot of those. We can't get too specific, of course, on the pod, but we've discussed them to a point where I'm okay with every specific decision, like not saying yes to any of the deals that I think have been on the table or that have been rumored, but that certainly leaves you in an odd spot. And so that's where we find ourselves is that place in between. And remember coming into this offseason, that was one of the big points that I was like, you have door A, which is a team where you've made a trade for a more balanced roster, Mike. You got a couple of wings, right? It's It looks maybe a little more like the 2020 squad. And then there's door B, where if you have Russ on the team, you got to calibrate for him. And so this team to me is a Russell Westbrook trade away from making sense, depending on who they acquire. Um, But Russ spoke to that idea of like, look, this is where we are. I think that even on a personal level, he's got to feel some degree of like, hey, I want to get back this year. Like last year couldn't have been fun for him. Right. So even outside of the scope of the Lakers, I think there are a lot of people that are like, hey, let's get back at it. Right. Like there's not much. The time for talking is over. Yeah, let's get into this here, Pete. So there the roster, some of the new players, some of the new excitement, some of the defensive and competitive energy, right? The Beverly's and the Shooters. Shooter wasn't there. Uh he'll be in a, once the visa situation gets clear from Germany. But and you know, even Juan Toscano Anderson, like there's some there's some of that new try hard slash role players type vibe type stuff that's just going to help what the product in the floor was lacking last year. So that's mm-hmm. one thing, and there was a certain amount of that. The new energy that Darvin Ham brings in, the efforts that he's made with Russell Westbrook, with trying to get to know LeBron and AD, that's another certain set of energy. But overall, I think to the original question that we asked and kind of why was media day a little more subdued, when when there's a lack of clarity about what the team vision and what the team roster and all of the stuff we've been talking about, and of course, a lot of that revolves around Russ, when that's there, that's what's going to lead to that. It, it's just... Players like anybody else in life are are going to are going to respond a certain way to a lack of certainty and a lack of what's going to come moving forward. And and I think that element is there. And so LeBron's comments, right? AD's comments, it was it was all stuff that we've heard before. It was a little different from when AD came in the first place and they got together and it was go time, right? And there was excitement and all right, hey. We haven't seen this yet, but we think this could turn into something really special. And that creates a certain amount of energy. That creates a focus going into camp. And this year, LeBron, Russ, AD, even in the limited games that they played last year, it didn't work great, regardless of what the lineup was. And then here it is again. Well, there's no new super high-level acquisition that was going to be able to be made, right? The mini mid-level went to Lonnie Walker. And what is he going to provide to that? I think Beverly is the closest thing that comes to somebody that can actually change the mm-hmm. energy yep. around that because of the forceful personality that he is, because of the way that he plays. But but it's not, you know, it's not some 
it's not something that can truly galvanize the group until they see something happen in the floor. So that right. to me is the it's not necessarily just pessimistic, Darius. It's just that, as you like to say, this group has to actually show what like what the change is going to be in the pre in the first preseason game and then in the regular mm-hmm. season. It's not something that's going to come from talking uh, Pete on media day. That's right. And but someone who did talk on media day who's someone we don't hear from very often, only at certain checkpoints of the season. Rob Polinka kicked off the press conference. Darius, like I said, we don't hear from him very often. And the decisions on what to do with the roster and the the point that we're at is he's the guy. Right. And so we heard from him today. Talk to us about what he spoke, uh, what he said and your impression of it. So Mike could probably speak more to like what he actually said. I'm very happy, though, to like give my two cents on like how it came off to an outside observer who was not there, like in the room. And um, let me just say this. I've been looking for Rob to impress me in some ways like for a long time now, just in terms of like, this is the guy who built a championship roster, right? And so I know he's got some chops in terms of being able to do the job. Like the that idea that LeBron said when he was holding up both of those trophies in the wake of the Lakers winning and him basically saying Rob Palenka wants his damn respect and like he rattled off a bunch of names, but Rob was one of those names. That, that he said. And it was because Rob had carried this reputation for a long time, I think, right? As someone who maybe, however you wanted to perceive him, was maybe not as good as his job, right? Or whatever. And so he built a, he built a championship team. And one of the things I was looking for was a bit of an explanation or to a certain extent, like a mea culpa in some ways to the idea that like you built a championship team. You did. It wasn't a team that Magic Johnson built. Right. And then Rob was just there like the way that Jerry West built a championship team and then Mitch Kupchak was sort of there as the GM mm-hmm. when they were winning a couple of rings after the fact. It was like Rob built this 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 team, and then systematically, the only two players who remain from that championship team are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Those are the only two dudes two seasons later that are still still on the team. So Mike asked him, I thought, a very important question and a question that we've been talking about on on the pod a fair amount about like wings and the sort of glut of guards that are on that that are on the roster. And I thought Mike did a very good job of, I think, framing it correctly within the context of like there are defensive players that are on this roster now and and there is progress made in that direction. And and like the bigs are better, too. But it's just like there's not a lot of two way wings on the team. And Rob sort of went on this long explanation about how I don't know, like he loves guards, I guess. Because, like, I didn't really get a lot from his answer or his explanation. And so I guess I started this all out by saying that I was I've been looking for Rob to impress me in certain ways. And today he fell short for me again a little bit because I get that there was not a lot that he could have necessarily done considering that the the trade that we all expected or thought would happen did not happen. But there was a sort of 
purposeful glossing over of stuff that had been said earlier in the offseason that he really didn't readdress today that I thought would have been important for reframing the context of what this season is supposed to be. But it was like full spin mode from someone that if you were watching like some sort of like political drama on TV, like an episode of The West Wing or something, this was like post debate spin that we got from Rob a little bit. And that sort of left me cold and it re and then the follow-up to all of that with the vibe that we all just discussed for 15 minutes or whatever, that that to me was the natural outcome of some of that. And and that's why I'm sort of feeling like, uh, like what was all of that? Well, this position that we're in is an outcome of deciding to bring Russ back, right? We talked this whole offseason of, hey, you know, how many picks would you give up? What would you, where's your point? You know, and we had much mm. more open conversations over the course of uh, you know, over the the text thread, and this is in part the consequence of saying no. But the most forceful thing that Rob said yes. was addressing the idea that we have, and I agree with this, by the way, that with the two picks, especially, we have one shot to to really do it. Like, if you're going to trade both of those picks, you got to come out of that on the other side as a contender. And if that sh- it falls short of it, you don't have other ammunition. He talked about the Stepien rule, Mike, and got into the details of that and whatnot. But that was basically his point was like, look, we have LeBron James and it's a bilateral agreement. He said that, that term. It's a bilateral agreement that when we have LeBron, we're going to try to build a championship team. But his point was that we can't fire all of our bullets. And at the end of that, we are not quite where we need to be. And so, like I said, I agree with that, but all of this, the, I, that was kind of a subdued media day and this team doesn't really make sense as it is currently constructed. That's, I mean, all of that's all the consequence of being like, no, we're not going to give up that extra pick. We're not going to, you know, take back that extra salary and all that. So that comment the way that Rob couched it, it started with LeBron and it ended with LeBron. And a lot of it was, as Pete just referred to, you know, LeBron showed his trust in the organization and one of the greatest players ever. So it's incumbent upon us to 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 take the best shot possible. But it can't be for a, a it can't be for the wrong trade. And he he said, quote, smart trade. And he's totally right. It's what we've been talking about all summer. You can't just make the deal. Because LeBron's where he's at, if the trade, you don't believe it really helps you. And the other teams are fully aware of all that and therefore have not necessarily put the best type of deal onto the table because they know that. And so it's been this kind of standoff. It's the whole one and a half picks thing, right, that we did a couple of podcasts on. So that was clear, but Mm -hmm. that's right. Like that's not something that that I would be critical of the front office for. All of this dates back to the critique dates back to the Westbrook trade and going all in on that type of move, which then sets you up to have to try and, and make the, the subsequent move to make up for that and or to find something that fits a little better. But it's not like they haven't been trying, you know, for months to figure out the, a better fit that can be made in this roster. It's just that there are only so many options um, out there and the ones that have presented themselves have not been good enough to pull the trigger. And then again, going back to the original thing that Darius that we had on this podcast, like that's, that's what is hanging over to an extent media day. 
right? That is, everybody knows. It's not like any of this stuff has just mm-hmm. been in private. Um, all of this stuff has been out there. And yet, hey, go figure out what your 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 purple team and your white team are going to be in the scrimmage tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it's all this other stuff. Like, it's basketball time. The first preseason Amen. game is in one week. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so, I can't wait for that. Let's take a break. Let's come back and uh, I want to want to pick it up a little bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So my job today was to edit the videos specifically for uh, like social sound bites for social media content. Right. And so my job is to scan each of them. And I was sitting there. Right. So if uh, Pat Bev had a great story about how, you know, someone asked about, you know, oh, the relationship with you and Russell Westbrook. He's like, yeah, we took a, a boat trip and there was 2000 candles. It was very intimate. And he, he was cracking me up anyway. <laughs> and did you hear the other story that he told, by the way, about? I, yes. I, about the tickets, the one on Spectrum. Yes. About the tickets. Anyways. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we could share that later. No, no. Don't leave the audience hanging like that. Not everybody heard it. Darius, go ahead, man. No. So he told a story and it goes back to this idea of like him and Russ being very much at odds and and clashing a lot. Right. And and so Pat Bev is telling a story about when Russ played with Houston and Pat Bev is just like, I'm so locked in. And me and Russ are basically exchanging daggers with their eyes or whatever. And so during a break in the action, Russ comes up to him and says something like, hey, you know, like I got your sister tickets on the floor mm-hmm. like she is center court or whatever. And Pat Bev is just like, man, all I heard was Russ saying something about my sister. And I'm like basically ready to fight. Like <laughs> right, I'm ready right. to fight. He's like, I'm so locked in. I'm ready to throw hands or whatever. Like, but he because that's just the level of competitiveness that Pat Bev is at. And then obviously you throw in the history and it's just what, what it is. Then Pat Bev goes and says that he starts looking around and he looks to the stands to find his sister and he sees her and she's at center court on like floor level seats. And so he's just like, Oh damn, like that's what Russ meant. And it sort of like light bulb goes off in his head. Like, Oh, that's what Russ was talking Mm -hmm. about. So then he goes and says like next break in the action, they're at the free throw line or whatever. And Pat Bev goes up to Russ and says like, Oh, I see what you did. I really appreciate it. And it sort of was this signifier event for them where he, Mm -hmm. it, it made it seem like since then they've been on better terms because Russ did this thing for him 
him. And, and, and since then, Russ has shown a level of support for Pat Bev being at his opening press conference. And yeah. Pat Bev has gone on to explain other stuff as well, that they've been workout partners together and coming in early in the morning and all this other stuff. And, and so it speaks to that sort of togetherness that Pat Bev and I think a lot of folks um, are expecting to sort of be at odds, but Pat Bev seems like he's trying to foster that in order for them to move forward together. Pat Bev's a leader and a galvanizer. He's somebody that that if you're on his side and on his, on his team, uh, his he one of the other things that he said in his presser was he was asked what his impression of last year's Lakers team was, and the first thing he said was their will their will factor, how much they wanted to make that extra rotation to go get that rebound, dive on that loose ball. And what he said after that is what was really important, Mike, was he said, well, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. And that whole idea of like last year's team, you you may listen to this pod for, you know, us to give this really granular analysis about, you know, schemes and player techniques and all, all of this other stuff. But anybody who listens to this pod could see that team, how much they tried, like how hard they played was so low you, that you like that degree of not giving a crap is just as contagious as what Pat Pat Bev brings. And when you look across the roster, there's a lot of guys that are like, you don't have to worry about their internal motor. But I do think that there is, it's important, Mike, to have an older guy that isn't one of the stars. It's going to be like Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I am in the film room early. Your ass should be in here too. He said that as well, right? And so just that sort of like galvanizing energy, that's part of what comes with it. And it, that to me is a lot of the motor that we lacked last year that I, we have a lot of guys on the team that kind of Thomas Bryant is another high energy guy, right? There's just a lot of guys where that's in their DNA. This is a yes and no Darius style for me. So the yes is that all of what you just said matters on its own. And that's true. And that leads to more winning. And I think Beverly is going to drive some of that. The no, or at least the mitigating part for me still comes in that like some of what was not working for the Lakers last year was more just about basketball and fit. And, and that then can lead to a lack of energy in a way, or in a lack of belief. And that's the part that has to come also. And that's the part that has to come with all of the talks that LeBron and AD may have had with Russ in the offseason when they actually get on the court and defenses are playing them a certain way and they're encouraging a certain thing to happen and then that thing either does or doesn't happen, that's part of what has to then build for the rest of the roster to come through. But to go back to the yes part, all of those guys that are on the, the supporting element of that, that last year maybe were a little bit more, whether they were specialists or whether they were older, like if you replace mm-hmm. a DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard and a Wayne Ellington with a Damian Jones and a, and a Thomas Bryant mm-hmm. and more of Austin Reeves and a Patrick Beverly, that stuff does make a difference, difference. And then maybe that can lift that trio as well. But it's just it's got to be both of those things. And I, I still think there's a ways to go on the basketball part in order to bring about the belief from the star players. Like that's the part, the belief has to come from LeBron first, right? And then AD and then Russ to an extent along that. And and that's, that's still the most important part of everything. Well, it's the rising tide too, Mike, right? And so you're talking about how, and, and this is why I always say that like 
when you're a great player, you lift up and make your role players better, but great role players make stars better. Yep. And one of the things that um, Darvin Ham said that was interesting to me, um, Pete, and I think this might have been in response to some questions around shooting. Um, he had talked about the how he doesn't want specialists. Yeah, like he wants basket. He wants basketball players. Yes. And, and he's I, like, and I heard you, that, you know, by the way, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you know, like the way I see it is the more basketball players that we have, the more dudes that we know that we have that know how how to play. They're going to be able to do more on the court. And we trust that the types of things that our stars are going to be able to do in order to help them are going to like create sort of open shots for them and give them the opportunities that put them in positions to to succeed and it's going to make their their lives easier base basically and so that's what i mean by the rising tide right the rising tide lifts all boats and 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 so that belief that mike is talking about that needs to be a reciprocal thing right because the role players are going to look for the stars for for belief but the stars need the role players to actually lift them up too, right? And it's always going to be a symbiotic relationship, Pete, when you're talking about role players and stars. And, and they both need to do something for each other in order for the whole to be greater than the sum, sum of its parts. And we saw that with the title winning team, and that has slowly gone away more and more. And I thought last season's team was like, Quite the opposite oh, yeah. of that, where there were too many players that were taking things off of the table and doing things that, like, I could do this for myself and that looks good for me, yeah. right? I'm not saying that they were acting selfishly. No, no, I'm just, just saying the nature that of their game, yeah. Th- th- yeah, the nature of their games was that this is the thing that I'm good at and I'm going to lean into that thing that yeah. I'm good at, but that was not the thing that was actually helping the team. And I am very interested to see how these role players if these role players can can actually put more things back onto the table in order to help the team. And this is where I'm not sure what it's going to look like, um, but it's where I was impressed with things that like Juan Toscano Anderson said and that Austin Reeves said and what Damian Jones said. And even to a certain extent, what Troy Brown Jr. said about like stuff like um, attacking closeouts and putting the defense in decision in positions where they had to make decisions and that's how you alleviate pressure off of the stars is by forcing the defense to make decisions when they've already committed to stopping the stars right Mm -hmm. and and so there's i i feel like there were little gems sprinkled throughout a media day that was that was more subdued but that can translate to that success i think pat bev offered the most um if you're going to frame it negatively, bluster. If if you're going to frame it positively, sort 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 of like um, just this this eagerness yeah. in order to like play hard and to do the right thing. And we'll see how that translates to to on the court. But just like you were saying, there is no more waiting. They practice tomorrow. Like they're going to be a group, and I'll be very interested to see how it all comes together, Mike. Well. What you just referenced about Beverly, that was to me the most actionable interview that I heard all day sitting there. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that Beverly was saying, those are the types of things that can immediately help this team the most. And I thought, I think that was important. And the contrast to that in some ways was Anthony Davis's press conference where a lot of it was just sort of, yeah, I did the same thing in the offseason. 
And, you know, and there's no pressure on me this season. I'm just going to play the way that I know how to play. Right. Like that was, that was kind of just, he just repeated some of the same stuff. And, and I'm not saying that he can't, he's not going to raise his level. Some he very well may once the games start, but in terms of just taking out of the press conference, right. The, the types of things that Beverly was, were saying were the more actionable types of things that you might need to see on the floor early in the season. Pat Bev is really into today and the importance of winning today. That was a phrase that he, or a phrase or something adjacent to that about like, let's be great today. Let's, and that's what I'm so eager about. I'm going to be there tomorrow morning, bright and early. Cause we're recording this pod at night. I'm going to wake up real early first day of training camp. See if I can get there before any people can yell at me for peeking over the balcony a couple times. Uh, and, and like that to me is the energy that's really important. You were talking about the belief, Mike, it's for me, it's the belief in what, Right. If it's the belief that this roster can win a championship in June, the good news is that this roster doesn't have to win a championship because it's neither June nor will ideally this be the roster right down the line. All we got to win is today. We got to have a good practice tomorrow. We've got to, you know, start implementing what we do. And that belief is earned. Right. Like that idea of. Can we get to a point where, you know, halfway through the season, 30, 40 games in, we're like, yo, we got a pretty good team right here, right? It's not necessarily a champion, but it's something that we're a trade away. That's really where we need to get to. And I really think we can get there. And that's because of the defensive end. That was the through line, guys, of a lot of the main players, a lot of the main people who spoke about this team. Uh, The great Jim Hill asked, what is one thing that you want to be better at this year from last year's team? LeBron, without hesitation, defense. And he went on to explain his rationale on that. Anthony Davis was talking about some of the talking to Darwin and their thoughts on the defensive end and talking about playing with younger guys. A lot of the elements of these guys game are on the defensive end. And so that to me is the first place like we're in building blocks territory. Like we're talking about winning a championship in June. We got to get our five on O shell drill on offense. We got to get our, our, our shell defense in D right. We got to install the basics of it and the belief will be built upon how well we can do that. And I, and in a more tangible sense, I do think we could be a good defensive team. Darwin was talking about this today. And a lot of the guys were, I, I think that gets us a long way. LeBron plus AD plus a good defense. I think he could be a good team. Well, that's clearly what this team needs, needs to lean into because the, what they forecast to be as a half court offense and how they're going to like bear just certain limitations that they have. And it's on paper and we could talk about open shots and all this other stuff and the role players playing with confidence and this is that and the other, but it's just like, I I say this a lot. The other team has coaches too. Mm -hmm. They know what they're doing. They know how to try to scheme you in order to play towards your lesser strengths or if they're not strengths at all, your weaknesses. Right. And and so we often talk about, well, if we only did this, we would have won. And it's just like, yeah, you know why you didn't do that? It's because the other team was making it so that right. you couldn't get to that. Right. Right. It's, it's like you weren't out there doing a five on O shell. Right. You were playing against another NBA team that they go into their timeouts and they're just like, hey, I this this next time down, we're doing this show here x out here this is how we're going to manage the things that they're doing right and so that's down the road though right and and so to get back to what you're saying pete the urgency that i do expect this team to start to show um and i think a, a driver of that is going to be 
Pat Bev. And but I do think that LeBron and AD are going to be right there too. Like I, I'm fine, Mike, with AD sort of being like, I've done the same thing I always do. And you know why I'm fine with that? Because AD is when he's at his best and what he's been over the course of his career, he made the top 75 list. Like I'm fine with AD being like, I got a routine. I know what works, works for me. Um, is it a little bit, a little bit tiring to hear him be like, ah, oh, guy fell in my leg. And then I jumped and landed on, on the dude's ankle. It was all fluky. It's just like, like, I do get tired of hearing that, honestly, just from a fan's perspective. It's just sort of just like, yeah, I get it. That's what happened. It was unlucky. And that's where where it is. Would I would it would it be nice to hear him say like, oh, and that's not going to happen again or I'm going to bring my best or I'm going to like, sure. But again, that's all talk. What I really want is for Anthony Davis to be like, okay, well, when I'm out here, I'm kicking your ass. And I could do that without talking about it at all. Pat Bev wants to talk to you about all the stuff that he's doing. And I've done this and I've done that. And we did this and we did that. But here I am. So it's like, great. Congratulations. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. But what I'm really what I'm really talking about is is show me the urgency, because last year's team. Last year's team had no urgency. Ridiculous. It was like, we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. We'll get there eventually. We will. And I told you before, I, ma- I made this analogy on, on a pod before, but they kicked the can so far down the road that you couldn't even see the can yep. anymore. Right? And it's just like, they just kept, oh, like, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And before you know it, it's just like, wait, the play-in? Oh, and then, oh, well, we ain't even in that at all? Right. Like there was a point in time last season. If well, if y'all remember, it was just like the play in. Like, we're not worried about the play in. It's just like, well, you better be. Right. You better be. And so this team seems way more, way better positioned and with a way better mindset to attack the now. And th- that's one of the things they're going to need to do because they're not as talented as six or seven or eight or maybe even nine other teams in the Western Conference. That's just in their conference. There are other teams out there that have a ton of talent that are ready to attack it just like the Lakers say that they are too. But if the Lakers are really going to do something this year, they need to start out well and they need to take it seriously from from the get-go. And from all the subdued stuff, the sense that I got was Darvin Ham is ready. I think LeBron mm-hmm. James is ready. I think AD Mike is actually going to be ready. And Pat Bev will tell you that, yeah, this may be Lance Stevenson's nickname, but he's born ready. Pat Bev is. He he is he wakes up ready. He goes to sleep ready. So I'm interested in is it all going to come together the way that these guys are telling us it, it is? And how much is some of that lingering baggage from the offseason going to hold them back, if if at all? Because that still cannot be a variable that we just dismiss because guys want to put a happy face on it. The way I would summarize Media Day then to tie it together is there wasn't going to be winning anything today in the press conference just based on how things were that this is a team both in terms of roster and in terms of basketball that has a lot to show and has a lot to learn and has a lot to show together Mm -hmm. some of the players mentioned that specifically like Juan Toscano Anderson was asked about the little players retreat down in San Diego and he's like look man like we're just all trying to figure each other out who's who who's gonna play where there's opportunity to be had for some players in that sense, especially on the wing. And there's competition to be had in the backcourt, but mm-hmm. they have a lot of work to do. 
And this is not a team that's bringing back the majority of the core and they just added one key piece, right? Or a team that's bringing in a superstar like they did in 1920 when Davis came in. And that was just going to work because of because of all of the circumstances around it. So it's a it's a to be continued. Every practice is going to have, like Pete said, every practice, there's going to be something meaningful happening. There are going to be guys fighting for and earning positions and roles. And, you know, is there enough that's that in the meantime, again, as Pete said, where they can just win game one because of that? And that's where this team has to start. They have to understand, right, that it's not a complete puzzle uh, right now. And and everybody's got to work to put those pieces together. There's a lot of value in being in the moment like that, though. And a lot of times I've just something I've experienced in my life is when you just focus on today and focus on the details and but really value that that whole idea of that every practice has something meaningful in it. That's not true of every team. If you can have a team that has something meaningful from every day, all of a sudden your todays have added up and you're in a totally different place than you would have otherwise been had you not gotten those small victories. And so I'm excited about this team. I think it's a better team than than a lot of people do simply because because I think we're going to be a good defensive team. Um, but I'm excited to see what the journey is going to be, to see what those training camp battles are. And the first day of training camp is tomorrow. We'll be back to talk about that and a whole lot more. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. They will. A lot of Laker fans well, sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, miss it. Brian, one, 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 that insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.